welcome back, witches and other cottage folk. You are once again entering the back of beyond in these northern Ozarks. Our cottage is riding the breezes atop our sunny but chilly hillside, not far at all from Frog Pond and the old rusting tracks of the Frisco Line Railroad that once ran through these back hollers. Look around. You'll find barn owls and badgers, oak and groves, and a circling young fire drake, along with cave dwarves and school children on spring holiday, as well as our newly emerging winter folk, all at play in these rolling hills. Come on inside out of the cold and enjoy a warm cup of soothing lavender and chamomile tea, as well as a visit with me, Hester Makepeace, the Cottage Witch. Today is Monday, March 20th, 2023, and it's the vernal or spring equinox. Finally, it's also the last tiny bit of a waxing crescent moon. So we're actually just in time for tomorrow's new moon too. You really can't have a more auspicious day for beginning a new project or picking up a lapsed one. So let's give this coming week a go, shall we? I'm excited for it. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 1, This Vernal Conjunction of New Energy, also known as the Spring Equinox. Yes, I'm definitely talking about the beginning energy conjunction this whole week. Today, Monday, is the official first day of spring. It's the Spring Equinox, an exactly equal amount, 12 hours, of both day and night happens today. Balance your eggs and brooms as you may. Tomorrow, Tuesday, the 21st, is the new moon or the dark of the moon, even no moon, if you will. But I prefer calling it either the new or the dark moon because it's definitely still there. So it's not no moon. It's just not very visible in the night sky as it's showing us earth dwellers its full frontal dark side. In another night or two, we'll see the tiny first crescent beginning to peak out, though, as the moon again starts her lunar cycle. She'll be full again in just two weeks and fully dark again in just two more weeks after that. That's the lunar cycle. And I myself am overbrimming with early morning energy this whole week. I'm awake between 4 and 5 a.m. just naturally. I love the alone time in a pre-dawn household and always have. I can get so much done and think my own thoughts and listen to my own odd and eclectic music choices. I love Button and my dogs and chickens, my own children and my new teachers and students all are joys. And I love me too and enjoy my own company in my own hours, happily following my own paths and choices. And for me, that's in the early morning. I relish this time of day. And these very mornings, today and tomorrow especially, are the triple conjunction of a beginning in the wheel of the year, that first day of spring and the lunar cycle with March's new moon, and I'm adding in my early dawns moving about in the glow of Makepeace Cottage. Awake with me. It's the dawn of the year, the dawn of the moon, and the dawn of the day, all at the beginning of a new week and the beginning of a new season on my podcast. I'm so happy to be back. Hey, by the way, I'm well aware that most mundane folk call January 1st the beginning of the year, and I do too for some things, but honestly, the turning of the wheel is truly a good comparison for the progress of time. 
because who can really tell where a wheel begins or ends? It's the same with the year. Witches often say October 31st, Samhain or Halloween, begins the pagan new year, and I get that vibe. But for me, Hester, I reemerge in the spring. Here in the Ozarks, March came in like a lamb three weeks ago. We had weather in the 60s and 70s, blooming daffodils, and a newly green willow tree out front of the cottage. The lion of winter came back with a roar. I wanted to be out on the porch this morning, but I very quickly moved back into the warmth of my kitchen. The temperature has been in the teens and 20s in the mornings all over again, but usually warming to above freezing by noon. But this week ahead, those weather forecasters are really promising us that we're going to see those 60 and 70 degree days once again, like we did in the beginning of March. Hopefully, you folks under deep snowfall will find your spring melt too. I cannot wait for the lamb's return. I am so ready for warm weather. And speaking of the lamb's return, Moss Makepeace, Button, and my youngest child is moving home for a bit to pay off some school loans and regroup. Button and I are excited about that return too. And the podcast is also getting a bit of a reset. If Percy barks, or butterscotch howls, you'll likely hear it all, along with Felix the Rooster's Crows. I'm editing less and enjoying it more. I hope you do too, and I'm confident that you all know I take breaths, so I'm no longer editing those out either. Now, coming up in this first episode, I'm going to share lots of ways for you to harness this conjunction of new energy too. Are you all ready? It's a new season. Here we go. I'm going to begin with a really cool ancient medieval modern concept that I believe speaks to the very essence, the heart of all these conjunctions. It's about why this is so cool and why it really matters. The concept is called microcosm slash macrocosm. Originally Greek, it means little world, Micro, like a microscope is used to look at tiny objects for little, and cosmos, like all of the worlds in our universe, the cosmos. So microcosm means little world, and macrocosm means big world. It's about how small things in nature and in life and in the whole universe often reflect and mimic large things, and vice versa. Here's a few examples. Take a look at the inside of your forearm. Go ahead, roll up your sleeve, do it. Look at your forearm. You may have to pull some skin back and smooth it out. Can you see all those veins? Can you see the big branch that leads right down the center of your forearm, feeding all that oxygen and nutrition all through your body? Can you then see how the veins sort of branch out from that big vein into smaller and smaller veins? And those first branches V off into even more branches too. Maybe some you just can't even see. The smaller branches are pretty much copies of the largest branch. Can you see that? Are you with me? So now I want you to think about something completely different. The Mississippi River. It's a huge waterway breaking off into smaller tributaries and offshoots from all the way up in northern Minnesota to all the way down to southern Louisiana. That river feeds the whole of the center of North America, just like that big vein feeds your whole arm. And we have big veins for each of our appendages too. 
exactly like the entire earth has big rivers feeding each of its individual continents. That's microcosm. The smaller world of our arm or even one continent is reflected in our whole body, just as those riverways on one continent are reflected in the structure of all of the continents in the whole earth. And that pattern doesn't end there. Our whole earth circles around our sun, just as that sun's whole solar system, all of the eight or nine planets, I still include Pluto, rotate around the Milky Way galaxy along with all of our sister solar systems. Each of the millions of solar systems rotating around our Milky Way galaxy are just like each of the planets rotating around our sun. Our solar system is a microcosm of the whole Milky Way galaxy. The patterns are consistent all the way up and down the natural order's scale of things. These repeating patterns, or fractals if you will, show up not only in rivers, but also in snowflakes and seashells and a bunch of broccoli and mountain ranges, stalagmites and stalactites and cast to the ground. Look at its biggest central stem with increasingly smaller offshoots as your eyes move up. And each of those offshoots have tiny branches of their own, which may in turn have offshoots of their own. That pattern is a fractal. Look this one up, F-R-A-C-T-A-L, fractal, if you don't know it. And then look at a branch of lightning the next time it storms or find a picture on the internet or the branches of a river on the map. We call these all branches even. It's repeating patterns in nature. We are at a big moment of beginnings, likely the biggest beginning we'll have all year, although there will be others too, every day, every month, every lunar cycle, every season, every new semester and school year. It's just how we function. Moments of new happen again and again. But this time, right now, it's pretty big because multiple beginnings are overlapping. After the break, let's get practical by looking at a few different ways to use this energy conjunction. We humans pattern our very lives after these same repeating, branching, and circling patterns and have for millennia. Our days are divided into four stages that repeat every new day, morning, noon, evening, and night. The moon cycles through four weeks, new moon, first quarter, full moon, last quarter, and back to new moon again. I begin that in the spring, but you may mean the fall, but it moves into, for me, spring to summer to autumn to winter, and then back to spring. This is an old, old theory or recognition of order in our lives. It dates back to classic Greek philosophers and naturally crossed to the old Romans, then into the language of old French and eventually Middle English. Microcosm, macrocosm, as it is in the small world, a day or a tree branch, so it is in the big world, the macrocosm as well. The whole year, the whole turning of the moon, the whole oak tree, beginning, early, middle, late, middle, end. I, Hester May, am a medieval and renaissance scholar. 
Geoffrey Chaucer knew this pattern of our lives when he wrote the Canterbury Tales and incorporates it by having the journey of a small group of pilgrims reflect the journey of the lives of all of medieval society. He did it, we're pretty sure, intentionally. William Shakespeare incorporated this idea in every play he wrote and talks about in multiple plays how the sun and the stars are reflected in the lives of mere humans. And untold generations of pagan and Jewish and Christian farmers have lived not only on the land, but with the land for untold years and centuries. The wheel of the year is understood in a pattern of cycles, and so is all of nature. Honestly, we're really putting our days and weeks, our lives, in tune with universal patterns when we start new projects in the spring, or at the beginning of any season, or any lunar month, even the beginning of a week. We're getting in tune with the universal rhythm of the spheres, and it's so much easier than going against them. And my cottage folks, this witch is all Well, what are some practical ways to harness all this cyclical energy focused on beginnings? The obvious one is start a project. Something that maybe takes a month or even a whole season to accomplish. Something that can be divided into four fairly natural stages and even subdivided from there. It's spring, so starting a garden easily comes to mind or spring cleaning. I handled gardening in the first season, so you could go back there and find that episode. Right now, let's talk about spring cleaning. If you don't want to listen to anything about spring cleaning, just skip ahead a minute or two. You'll be fine. If you are interested in spring cleaning, pick four areas of your house for each week of the lunar cycle. You might want to begin on Tuesday with the new moon. For example, your kitchen, your bedroom, your living room. And then that fourth room could be a child's bedroom or um, an office space or dining room, whatever you've got going. Or pick one major area that really needs some intense work. For me, it's my office slash witchy lair. A year ago, when I was clearing out my classroom, it all came to my living room and office. We've been living in sort of cluttered disaster for a while, but we've got the living room cleaned out, so it's time for me to focus on my lair. Week one has been cleaning enough to once again define my major areas within my office witchy space. So the first thing I did was cleanse enough to once again define my major areas. I began a couple days ago. My desk is now cleared too, and my portable recording booth has also been cleared. All of that was important for me so that I could begin the podcast. Next up, this coming week, is shelving and organizing and giving away. Then I'll clean thoroughly too. Finally, week four is the best. I will spiritually clear and rededicate this new sacred space. Yes, that's the week I'm really looking forward to. 
you could instead spend one week decluttering and dusting your whole apartment. The next week, work on carpet and flooring. The third week, you could redecorate everything. Ah, oh, the fun stuff. And the fourth week, celebrate. Host a party or a dinner or a game night. Have fun. I'm bringing this podcast back in four stages too. The thinking, the writing, the recording, and the publishing. I am publishing this episode on the conjunction days on purpose because this first episode of season four is just the beginning. And now I have a lot more planning to do and I'm excited for it. By the full moon, I hope to have episode two ready for you. What projects have you excited? Maybe it's not spring cleaning. My daughter, Charlotte, is teaching herself how to knit and using pencils and yarn she just happens to have on hand and YouTube videos. It took one day to get a beginning handle on things, but she could already knit some lines of yarn that very first day. Where will she go by the middle of April? She may have a whole scarf or a handbag. Want to run a 5K? Start walking and jogging now. Start small and comfortably and keep increasing your distance and your pace just a little each day, just as the moon increases her light every single night. This moment, right now, this new moon, these earliest days in spring are the time to plan and gather and begin. Start a new journal, research and learn a new type of divination, tarot, runes, pendulum work, scrying, begin some spell work with candles and or sigils. I'm still working my wax melt magic, by the way. I've just changed it a little bit. I no longer put six sigils on every cube. That felt like a lot. I do one or two or three as the moment moves me. I've also been eating healthier since January 30th, and I've lost 18 pounds so far. I'm very proud. I now work a little fit witchery into every early morning, and I feel healthy and strong already. That is my entire goal, but now I want to keep going and increase the health. Again, I'm excited. What have you been thinking about trying? A new book? A book club? Sewing? a beach body and time for your summer, or planning a simple or elaborate summer getaway. You can choose anything you desire. Maybe begin just there. Brainstorm on exactly what it is you really, really would like to accomplish. And once you get a good idea, or even a funny or whimsical one, brainstorm on how you might make that a reality. And start this very week of all weeks in the year will be absolutely perfect for it. Are you looking for a goddess or maybe a god to lend you a little spring or beginning energy? Research and see what you can find out there. And maybe consider incorporating some energy from any of the following. One of my favorites is Brigid, the Irish goddess of spring, fertility, and life. And there's Persephone from the Greeks, as well as Flora and Maya. Asaseya is from the Ashante people of Ghana, along with her husband, Naya, the sky god who brings rain. Yostra or Ostara is the Germanic goddess of spring who lends her name to Easter. And Freya is the Norse goddess who abandons the earth in the winter, but returns anew every spring. I get it, girl. Freya also gives her name to Friday. It's actually Freya's day. 
Osiris is a male Egyptian god who dies and is reborn. Resurrection stories are very common in the spring. He's the twin brother of Isis, by the way, and gave agriculture and farming to the people. And Saraswate is a Hindu goddess of wisdom and learning and the arts. Each spring in India, she is honored with prayers, blessings, and lotus blossoms. There are definitely more, too. I especially like and honor the Kaliak. She's from Gaelic mythology and is a divine hag, usually more associated with winter than spring. But she's present in all of these spring storms, I'm sure. I just love her old woman wisdom and anger and strength. I like her. So who resonates with you? Look them up. Listen to or read some myths. How can you continue to incorporate them into your spring projects and observations? Maybe you could dream a few empowered dreams. Walk through the underworld and emerge anew. Visit the summerlands. Open yourself to new ideas, new powers, and new insights with some lucid dreaming. This season is all about new days, a new season, and a new moon too. As we end each episode of season four, I'll do a card pull or two or some other form of divination. I like both tarot decks and oracle decks. And today I'm pulling a card from the deck Woodland Warden. Woodland Wardens by Jessica Rue. My friend Leo Kadia turned me on to this um, several months ago and I've really enjoyed it. Today's card is number 16, The Crow and Dogwood. The author combines some aspect of both flora and fauna on every card. So today's card is The Crow and Dogwood, and also intelligence. I'm just going to read a little bit from the book. The crow is an incredibly intelligent bird associated with the power of foresight and the ability to use tools. Today, it's often used to signify darkness or foreboding, but modern depictions rarely do the crow justice. According to Norse folklore, the crow is a powerfully positive symbol meant to remind us of our skills and resources. It says, you are capable of solving any problem. Like the crow, the dogwood has a somewhat confused public image too. Its beautiful light-colored petals convey gentleness and whimsy. Few know that its hard bark and strong frame make it an uncommonly durable tree, able to withstand even the harshest weather. So in upright form, this card signifies that you have the tools to fulfill your goals and solve any problems that stand in your way. You need only look inward to find wisdom and strength. Doesn't that fit with all of today's episode? Even in its reverse, it says, you may feel like a fraud or imposter. The crow is here to remind you of your intelligence, the dogwood, your strength. Your accomplishments are your own and you deserve the success you've achieved. Two questions to think about. What am I knowledgeable about? And what are my creative or professional goals and how can I accomplish them? Doesn't that just go with everything? The Crow and Dogwood from the Woodland Wardens deck. It's a beautiful deck by Jessica Rue. Thanks, Leocadia. 
And that's it for this first episode of the new season of The Cottage Witch. Thank you so much for sticking with me or finding me anew. I'll be back on social media and picking up my email in the coming weeks. So I'll see you out and about in between episodes too. You'll find me on Facebook, Hester Makepeace, and in email at hestermakepeace at gmail.com. Oh, and here's a quick thank you and shout out to my three stalwart sponsors, Amy Beth, Kathy, and Erica. For now, merry meet and merry part to all my cottage friends. Have an exciting week of new dreams, plans, and projects. And thanks so much for spending time with me, Hester Makepeace, the Cottage Witch. Mm-hmm.